Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we have got our other A's beat writer, Matt Kawahara, here for a joint A's Plus podcast. Matt, uh, it's been a, a strange week as we've kind of seen things get up and running at the Coliseum with Spring Training 2.0. I refuse to call it uh, summer camp. That's uh, <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. It's not summer camp, uh, but it has been strange. It has been weird. What, what have your been uh, been your takeaways so far in the after a uh, little little less than a week here of going out to the Coliseum and seeing some of these workouts? Yeah, I mean the thing that you just I think notice. Um, First of all, is well. I mean, you, you'll you'll notice the masks. That's one thing that you see, and it's been kind of hit or miss in terms of players uh, wearing them. You see a lot of the coaches wearing uh, wearing masks on the field, like um, standing around the backstop in, in batting practice or hitting ground balls. Um, but I think you also notice just the way the different way that things are structured. I mean, there's just fewer guys concentrated on the field. Like there are stretching groups, and there are. Um, you know, hitting groups and, and guys shagging balls in the outfield, but everything just seems very, uh, you know, pretty spaced apart. I mean, that you do see, and, and we've seen some of like the pitcher fielding drills where there is a full line of guys and there's not a whole lot of distancing there, but um, it, it seems like hitting groups are a little bit smaller. Um, there aren't as many guys maybe taking ground balls at a time on the field. And I don't know, it's, it's, I mean, it has been weird. It's been weird just kind of being out there and, in the empty stadium in the middle of summer and, and seeing these workouts going on. But, um, but it's going to be a, a, a weird, a weird summer overall. Yeah. I, I, it's been interesting. Uh, I think the A's have first of all done a really good job, certainly with their setup, making sure, um, that everyone's safe, uh, including us, which is, you know, it's nice. They've got us set up along, side the baselines down in the lower level we are not in the press box which is actually great we are outside mm-hmm. so it's not enclosed we each have our own tables which that's awesome so we're probably more than six feet apart uh, i would guess matt and we're getting our temperatures taken when we go in we um, answer questionnaires about our health etc every time we go in uh, so I'm feeling safe. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that, that you, uh, you've you been sitting next to me, so I hope you're safe. <laughs> yeah, sitting next to you from a distance. But, yeah, I think uh, I would agree with all of that. I mean, I think they, you know, part of the uh, part of that 100-plus page health and safety protocol, even for even for the players, is um, the encouragement that as many activities, uh, you know, take place outside as possible. Um, and I think, you know, like you mentioned, the, the setup for the media is outside. It might be a little... Uh, might get a little cold if they get to the point where it's games and maybe in early September and it's getting chilly at, at late at night. But, um, but yeah, being outside, being able to, you know, sort of uh, semi-confined to that area, just up in the the top of the first row of or the first tier of seats, um, kind of up the third base side. But you know, you are allowed to wander down um, to the first level of concourse and sort of walk along there. And you do get a full view of, you know, everything that's going on on the field. Um, and, yeah, I think being outside, obviously, right now, it, it seems uh, all of the uh, all the, the advice coming from health officials is that uh, is being outside is, is preferable at this point. So, yeah, I would agree on, on the, the safety aspect. I think that um, I think the infrastructure is there right now, at least at least from our point of view. Yeah, I feel safe. And I honestly, I was a little apprehensive. I had uh, told some A's officials, you know, look, if I get there and I feel unsafe, I'm turning around and leaving, you know, no offense. And that we do, there are a couple of beat writers who are actually covering remotely. So it can be done because all of our uh, interviews now, as uh, people may know, are all video calls. So we, we don't 
don't have any direct access to players or coaches, which is understandable. Um, we assume it goes back to normal next year when when things go back to normal. We um, uh, they they better better. Yeah, um, but right now we're a little bit limited in in terms of our access. So, uh, but yeah, and one thing I mean you, you mentioned earlier about just kind of what we're seeing at practice, and, and one thing that uh, because those media media viewing windows for the last few days they've only been they've been between ninety minutes and, and two hours, but there was a little hiccup at the beginning with from the team's point of view with not being able to get the position players out there. I'm not sure if that threw out their schedule, but we haven't really seen uh, in the last two days they've done live BP, they've had hitters facing pitchers, uh, they did like a simulated game situation. We haven't um, been able to see any of that so far. We've been watching uh, batting practice in groups and we've seen some you know, some fielding drills, um, but in terms of the actual simulated game action, we have not uh, been able to, to get in there and kind of see how guys are looking uh, going against each other at full speed. So hopefully that's something that's coming up here soon. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be ideal. But I have to commend the A's, David, David Renetti, Catherine Aker, in particular, for for making sure that uh, their media is is just as safe as, as everyone else is, they put a lot of mm-hmm. thought into it, and, and we do appreciate that. So um, you mentioned the delays that kept the position players off the field. We you and I just got a one of our <laughs> regular video chats uh, with a player, and today it was Matt Chapman who expressed a lot of dissatisfaction. It is frustrating, um, you know, especially from a player standpoint. You know, we feel like. This year, we have a really good ball club, and we have a chance to make a run. Um, especially with the short season, anything can happen. So we know how valuable every single day is, especially when it comes to spring training. So I think uh, we're frustrated that we weren't able to start on the first. You know, you look at around the league, and a lot of teams are starting their spring training on the first, and guys have been flying into cities, you know, days prior to the first to get tested and make sure they're on top of it. So I think we're just disappointed that uh, – you know, uh, our organization just, you know, took those extra few days and it ended up costing us even more of a few days when we were all, you know, ready to go on July 1st. A lot of frustrations. Uh, I think people have been maybe following along a little bit and know the A's couldn't actually even get into the Coliseum for some time. They had to get uh, the okay from the Alameda County Health Department. That's actually why the A's did not pay their rent um, that was due April 1st. They have since uh, paid it. Uh, but they couldn't use the building at all, so they said, why should we be paying rent when we can't even get into the building? So um, that's one reason they couldn't get into the building until June 26th. They had to wait for their equipment truck then to come from Arizona. They couldn't send the truck when they didn't know when they could get into the building. Where where were they going to put everything? Uh, and then they had to get everything up in, in accordance with the MLB safety protocols, which was not an easy task, you know, especially converting the Raiders locker room into the New A's clubhouse because it's huge so they can socially distance. They moved their weight training facility into the parking lot so it would be outdoors along with some training facilities. So uh, there were, there's been an, a massive effort. Uh, and then, you know, I think a day after the truck got there, they started testing people. So I'm not quite sure how much more quickly they could have gotten things into action. Uh, it's a shame they couldn't get into their building. This is where teams that own their own building uh, have a leg up. Uh, and of course, the A's are in the process of trying to buy the Coliseum site, um, at least for developing or, or what have you. That's a whole nother conversation, Matt. But <laughs> what do you think of some of Chapman's comments? I mean, it was interesting just to hear. I think he's the first player, at least, that I've um, heard just kind of... Uh, be somewhat or somewhat critical of the team itself. I mean, there was there had been players, there have been players in the last few days who have 
he said it was, yeah, it was a little frustrating or it was a little uncertain just not knowing when exactly the position players were going to be able to get out onto the field. But a lot of, I think, the um, the frustration was directed toward the, the league and you, you were seeing a lot of uh, a lot of other teams have issues with some delayed testing results that caused them to either cancel daily workouts or push them back. And um, so I think, you know, previously the, the players and, and the teams had been sort of uh, wondering, you know, when when and how does the league get at this sort of straightened out where they're not having to wait on uh, wait on results and reschedule plans. Um, so in that sense, it was just a little bit different to hear, you know, Chapman say that, hey, maybe we could have done something a little bit different. But uh, I think, you know, at the end, even though, he, you know, he did uh, he did voice a little bit of that frustration, I think at the end he, he kind of, you know, smoothed it out in the sense that just, hey, I mean, when they're out there now, they missed, what, maybe two days or they, they you know, had to push their, their beginning uh, of position player workouts back about 48 hours. But everything is condensed right now. And I think the sense was while they were waiting, they were just, uh, everybody was a little bit on edge. And now that they're out there, they can, yeah, they might have to play catch up a little bit, but at least they're out there. Um, so I don't know. I think, uh, I think they're at the point where that is sort of behind them now. And they're, they're just, you know, having to, um, to, to do this accelerated getting ready. Although you do have to wonder if, if a couple of days in, in the window is going to make any, bit of a difference. I don't know if you have a sense of, uh, from talking to players in the last few days about whether the position players feel like they're behind at all. Well, I mean, it certainly sounds like Chapman thinks that. And I think a lot of the frustration stems from the fact that they see so many other teams were up and running earlier. You know, there were teams mm-hmm. that had guys showing up on the first. There are teams that have had full squad workouts and, and even simulated games since last Friday. Uh, so I think that's part of it. And I think some of it is just, you know, Matt Chapman is kind of a fiery guy. He's a competitive mm-hmm. guy. This is what makes him such a great player is that edge. But uh, I think what we were seeing a little bit of that because, you know, the frustrations of wanting to get out there and wanting to do his job, uh, plus the whole competitive thing, I think boiled over a little bit today with a, with when t- talking to us, he took a little bit of a shot at the, the attendance too, um, mm-hmm. saying that the A's, uh, you know, that A's players are kind of used to playing in front of not a lot of fans. So, it could yeah, be to their so, advantage so we're used to it being starts. pretty quiet in the Coliseum. Yeah. yeah. So he was a little cantankerous today, um, which is funny because I can't tell you how many times I tried to get a hold of him during baseball shutdown, hoping to do a podcast or catch up, see what his workout routine was like, which actually would have been fun to talk to him about because he was working out with Ramon Laureano. So we know that was a would have been a fun time. That's two two fun talkers, you know, a lot of talent, and would have been interesting to hear about that. Uh, at JP Sportman's gym, I did not know JP was doing that in Arizona. One of my all time favorite A's minor leaguers, uh, and one of the best names in and names. A's. Yeah. Absolutely, I never forget Tim Bra- Tim Brown from Yahoo during a spring game when JP Sportman was announced. Said JP Sportman, I think I buy all my clothes from his catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kawahara and I will be back in just a moment. You can find all our work on sfchronicle.com and you can subscribe at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bob Melvin said yesterday, "Look, we're we're back on the field now. Everybody was, you know, kind of like." just so amped up to get out there. Now that we're out there, I think things are going to like just kind of go pretty quickly from here to figuring out this new normal and, and getting into a routine and, and trying to focus on what they need to focus on, which is uh, getting prepared for the season. Uh, what do you think in, about doing that? In, do you even think we will have a season? Uh, obviously, there have been numerous positive tests. There have been test delays loads and loads of frustration with the testing delays, including from Jake Diekman, who is the A's at-risk player. Uh, do you think that uh, baseball can actually pull this off? I think anybody who... I don't think anybody can say for sure. Anybody who says that, yes, I'm, I'm 100% positive, it would be, I think, just being a little bit unrealistic or overly optimistic. Um, because, it, I mean, it's just it's just day-to-day right now. You don't know... There could be a rash of tests in one team, and it's not necessarily that there needs to be like a league-wide, um, you know, outbreak or something like that. If if one or two teams have a a, you know, a a wave of positive tests, or somehow the virus gets into a clubhouse, uh, which obviously nobody wants to happen, that's why so many of those health and safety protocols are in place. But if something were to happen like that, then um, you know, from a logistical standpoint, if you take one or two teams out of uh, the the plan, the schedule that's in there, I don't know necessarily how you are able to adjust that on the fly. Um, but I think, I, I don't know, you have to wonder also, I think, a little bit about just what becomes your, you know, say that there are a handful of tests on, on each team. I mean, you, you've, you've already seen teams not, um, you know, necessarily reporting their positive tests, but there are teams that have multiple players who haven't showed up or multiple players who... Um, have opted out, or at least their their statuses are sort of uncertain. Um, and I think at some point you have to wonder about like what is going to be if that just becomes kind of accepted as <laughs> as the new baseline or as like the normal going forward with this. It's like it's kind of is that going to be just sort of um, accepted that yeah there there might be some players who who aren't there or who go down and you, you're going to progress forward like that, or is that going to be enough? Is that going to cause enough of an effect, or be enough of a red flag or a warning for people to say, "Hey, we need to, we need to pump the brakes on this"? Um, and I don't know where that point is. I don't know if you would have any any idea of where that point is, but yeah, I think just in terms of, I mean, July twenty fourth, uh, it's not that far away, but in the scope of not necessarily knowing what's going to happen tomorrow next week, it seems like it's still a pretty pretty long ways away. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with sort of the second, third round of tests, if there are more positives. Jake Diefman has been saying for the last week, he thinks that there could be as many as 80 to 100 positive tests based on the first rounds um, and people having been in close proximity to some of the players that have tested positive. Freddie Freeman, of course, is the is the most uh, obvious example. I think there's a lot of concern in uh, Atlanta's camp that maybe um, some of the Braves uh, players were exposed to Freddie Freeman, who's been quite ill, um, you know, before the testing was done. So 
the A's have a, a player who tested positive, uh, uh, as I reported the other day. Jesus Lazardo uh, tested positive. It's interesting. It's very unclear when players will come back, how long they'll miss. I asked Bob Melvin. He said, yeah, yeah, it's just really, we had heard 14 days. At one point, we've heard 10 days. He, he, we know, the only thing we know for sure is he has to have two negative tests within 24 hours of each other to be cleared to play again. Um, but is that testing done constantly to find out when that is? Does it, uh, does he have to sit out a, a certain amount of time based on, you know, when he potentially contracted the virus? We don't know. Um, it sounds as if he, he's probably asymptomatic when I asked him how he was doing. He said he's feeling good and he's hoping for two negative tests soon. That, that indicates to me that he's probably, uh, even if he does have symptoms, it's probably nothing too significant. So hopefully he physically would be ready to go uh, pretty quickly. And I'm not sure why I would see a, a reason for him not to start on the roster. He can always work his way in, like even as, as a tandem starter and relief. We saw him pitch in relief last year. He was terrific. So uh, hopefully that doesn't set the A's back too much. But, but what were your thoughts about just out of the gate, um, one of the A's most key starters gets sidelined at least a little bit with uh, the positive test? Yeah, I mean, to your earlier uh, point, I, I was, you know, when uh, when you reported that, that news about Lazardo, first of all, we were looking back through the, the health and safety guidelines um, at the requirements, of, or so what the protocols are when a, a player does test positive. And there are like a series of things that need to be crossed off before um, before the player is allowed to rejoin the team or, or come back into team facilities. But um, again, that like I mean, like you said, the, the time frame is, is really murky um one of the it looked to me and like one of the um one of the requirements is that all sort of local uh requirements or local health guidelines need to be met um so i'm not sure i i honestly am not sure if there is a like a county or a local jurisdiction uh requirement if you test positive to you know you have to have been asymptomatic or, or afebrile no, no fever for a certain amount of days um, or if it's still two weeks or if it ever was two weeks in, in Alameda County, if that needs to be um, crossed off. But I think the, the the baseline, like you said, is he needs to test uh, negative twice, uh, at least 24 hours apart, and then also just be cleared as not p uh, posing a potential risk to anybody else by um, the joint committee of the union and team doctors. So, um, yeah, I mean, still all a question of when he'll be going to be able to be back but uh i think that you know it seems like the a's are at least you know decently equipped to put up with a, a, a potential you know not having lizardo in the in the rotation to start out with they have chris bassett who has done that swigman role in the past and started i think he started 25 games last year for them so he's he's been in that role before um but there is some question, I mean, at, at, even before the Lozardo positive test, Bob Melvin was saying that A.J. Puck might be, you know, a little bit behind just coming off of that mild shoulder strain in early spring. You know, he might be on a slightly lower pitch count to start out with, so they were thinking they might need to piggyback Bassett off him for a start or two. Um, so, I mean, there there are still some rotation questions, even though uh, for the most part I think they're, they're pretty set up. But, I mean, after Bassett, who would be – do you have a sense of who like might be the next um, set of reinforcements there? Yeah, good. you know, it would be between probably Mengden, Gossett, and Blackburn. Uh, Mengden out of mm. options, so probably on the roster anyway, but also coming back uh, uh, from a little bit of a minor elbow sort of cleanup during the spring. Uh, I'm not sure he actually 
would be able to pitch more than a couple innings initially. So they could use a little bit more veteran starting pitching depth at AAA. Of course, there is no AAA right now. And this is the A's are also a little behind in their alternate site. They actually yeah. don't have one up and running yet. Um, and these are the guys who might have a really legit complaint about, hey, where are we going? When are we going? When are we up and running? Um, these have uh, could have as many as 18 players at the alternate site initially. Uh, they have not quite named 18 yet, uh, but they've got a pretty good-sized group sitting and waiting. I reported the other day that they are looking at San Jose. San Jose sounds to me like the best bet at this point, Municipal Stadium, where the San Francisco Giants Class A team, the San Jose Giants usually play in San Jose State also, um, but yeah, they're, they're going to be late getting going there too. Uh, and this was a safety concern. The A's were going to go to Stockton. I think that would have been up and running by now, but, uh, the increased cases in San Joaquin County gave them pause and they wanted to put their camp in some place that was, uh, you know, not quite a, a hot spot for the virus. So, um, yeah, we're still awaiting official word on, uh, when and, and where, but we presume San Jose that, that, that to me is a little starting to be a little bit of an issue that that's not all settled yet. Mm. And they, I mean, they do have, because of the expanded rosters to start out the season, um, there will be a little, probably more flexibility. I, I think, Bob, uh, Melvin said the other day that there's no um, limit on the number of pitchers they can carry, right? So they, they might be able to, you know, load up on an extra reliever um, or two just to, to, to feel covered there if maybe they don't have that full starting five. But he did say that the preference would be to have a set starting five and not need to think about like a six-man rotation or a tandem start to begin with just to, to kind of have that, uh, that stability um, even though it doesn't sound like maybe they'll have it to start out with. Yeah, it's interesting because he keeps saying he does, he'd, he'd like to stick with a five-man rotation. And every time we talk to David Forrest, he says like, oh, yeah, a six-man rotation or a tandem, <laughs> tandem starters might be possible. So maybe there's a, a little bit of a difference of opinion uh, that, you know, these, these things are good. Like the A's are very good at bouncing opposing ideas off the coaches and, and front office and kind of making that a productive thing. Some of it's just going to come down to sheer availability and, and how many innings guys can throw. Uh, you know, if Lizardo is available but can only throw a couple innings, I guarantee you he'll be on the roster and throwing a couple innings either as a tandem starter or as a reliever. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what I would do because the guy is great. Um so Matt Kawahara, um, welcome back to covering the A's. I, you, you were in spring training, and in fact, in spring training for a much longer time than anticipated when I broke my ankle. Thanks again for um, <laughs> putting your life on hold out of the blue and doing that uh, while I recovered and even packing up my hotel room. Um, what was you, you then went to coronavirus coverage for three months? What was that like? You were in the midst of protests. You did all sorts of. Uh, all sorts of stuff while you were working as a news writer rather than a sports writer. Yeah, I mean they just they just, uh, shuffled the staff a little bit, so they um, uh, I was over doing uh, news side stuff. It was largely you know, coronavirus related coverage, um, and then for a few weeks uh, when there was you know, the wave of, of uh, protests over racial injustice nationwide and, and a lot of. A lot of activity on on that front in the Bay Area, uh, particularly you know covered some protests in Oakland um, and uh, and other areas of the Bay Area. It was, I mean, it was uh, obviously a different um, kind of stretch in, in terms of covering topics and everything. But the the interesting thing now of uh, being back in in 
sports and in doing baseball right now is it it really is a lot of still coronavirus related coverage just <laughs> with a sports twist i mean because everything you know it's that that's kind of in the uh either in the background or at the forefront of everything that's going on right now um so it's uh in that sense it doesn't feel altogether different coming back to to baseball because they're it's still sort of looming over uh, all the operations that are going on right now and, and uh, still lending a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty to it. But it's interesting to see how the league and how the teams are, are attempting to at least get this thing going uh, you know, with, with, the, with the virus still very, very active um, across the country and, and in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's been, I mean, even I've had to call epidemiologists and, and in, uh, never thought I would say this. I now have a favorite epidemiologist. And in case people are wondering, uh, Dr. George Rutherford from UCSF, who appears in the Chronicle, I think almost daily, it seems like, is a big A's yeah. fan. So keep that, that yeah, keep that in mind. He's an A's fan. So uh, uh, George Rutherford's uh, look, looking out for the A's best interests, I think. Uh, yeah, strange times and uh, an interesting time to be covering baseball, if not frustrating. I think we we can understand Matt Chapman's frustrations with everything. I think everyone's frustrated. Things are taking longer. Things change constantly. Uh, I think it's just always a fluid situation. We're all going to kind of have to go with the flow a little bit. Thanks again to Matt Kawahara for joining us on A's Plus. He's on Twitter, at Matthew Kawahara. Our producers today were King Kaufman and G. Allen Johnson. We'll be back again next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening.